The University of Kentucky Federal Credit Union encourages everyone to promote positivity and random acts of kindness in the community with their Take Care campaign. Follow along on social media using hashtag Take Care or visit UKFCU.org slash Take Care to learn more. UK Federal Credit Union believes everyone has something positive to share. So join us in offering kind words and positivity with hashtag Take Care. Stop by a UK Federal Credit Union branch to grab a mask or button and show off your positive vibes. Masks and buttons are first come, first served and available for limited to time only. Federally insured by NCUA. Listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast. Nick Roush here with Drew Franklin, Charles Walker, and Freddie Maggard. And this week we are brought to you by our good friends at UK Federal Credit Union. As we are each week, big shout out to UK Federal Credit Union. Check out one of their six locations around the city throughout this holiday season. And, you know, we're happy that UK Federal Credit Union. Is sponsoring the KSR Football Podcast. Not exactly happy about the way that Kentucky's football game at Alabama went. Um, I think that's a safe assumption, Drew. Just it, it wasn't good. No, and there's nothing to really hold your head high about. That was a pretty damn embarrassing performance. I think if we're all being realistic, no one really thought Kentucky would go down there and win. But there's absolutely no excuse for losing by 60 points. This program is way too far along and way too good to be losing to anyone 63 to three. It's one of those things too, that Chuck, I know most people went in without any sort of expectations. Like, you know what? They can't hurt me. I know Kentucky's not got a good shot today, but damn it. I'm, I'm not going to be hurt. I'm just only positive things can come from it. And yet somehow they found a way to reel us back in and leave us disappointed. Yeah. You know, and I think, uh, you know, Drew said it best. Not many uh, good takeaways there. And, yeah, I mean, the one word that comes to mind is embarrassment, embarrassing. And um, I I think you got to go back to it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. Uh, Prep, watch film, get better. Um, You know, of course, we're down a couple players. We're down a couple coaches. We're – it's a weird season, but to go out and and really, I didn't think the first quarter, second quarter was that bad. We were moving the ball. We had some productive plays. Defense was playing well. They punted. I'm thinking, okay, uh, you know, we're, we're playing okay. And then I think 
players get tired and that score starts to jump up to 43 and then people are kind of like, all right, can we just get out of here? And Bama being the machine it is just never really stops. Mm-hmm. And that's how you end up with a 63-3 to game and everyone in the nation's not watching the game and looking at the score going, wow, Kentucky's same old SEC dumpster fire, which we're not, but I think that uh, that's how we played, to be well, honest. And that's what's so frustrating, Chuck, is that they did have moments of good. I mean, Freddie, we saw receivers running open, just wide open, free down the field. We hadn't seen that all year. They moved the ball, got it down into inside the 10-yard line twice, only to have penalties, push them back. And it felt kind of like the same Kentucky football we've seen all year where they're – they, they can be good at times, and then the situational football creeps up. It's bad, and you leave yourself. Even if you, you didn't think that they were going to win the game, Freddie, they had a chance to take the lead in the second quarter. They had outgained Alabama. The, they played well, and then to make it a 60-point loss, it's it's baffling. Yeah, it was, Nick. <clears throat> you know, the first quarter, Kentucky, uh, I, I thought, played well. Uh, had 121 total yards compared to 79 for Alabama. Outrushed Alabama, Najee Harris, 44 yards to five. Najee Harris, an All-American Heisman candidate, had six carries for five yards in the first quarter. That's uh, that's pretty good. Terry Wilson was five for six for 77 yards. Uh, time of possession, which is a totally meaningless number nowadays. Kentucky had possessed the ball for 1043 compared to 477. 417 for Alabama, and, uh, and and the cat defense was holding Bama to 0.8 yards per carry, all that in the first quarter. Now, quarters two through four, <laughs> Kentucky had 59 total yards, zero points, and four first downs. Alabama, 435 yards, 56 points, and 26 first downs. So, uh, all those numbers aside, I think it was just a – a sign of the season for what Kentucky did. Can't score in the red zone. Uh, you know, for the year, Kentucky's 11 out of 21 as far as scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, that That's 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 a number that, that hurt them. On Saturday against Bama, 0 for 2. Alabama, 7 for 7 in the red zone. And the good thing about 2020 is you uh, your next opponent has scored 27 touchdowns out of 35 trips to the red zone. So, um all that says this, Kentucky was good in the first quarter, had motion shifts, all kinds of offensive eye candy before the plays, and was giving Alabama a very hard time. And then uh, went away from that and and, and didn't have much success uh, later on down the road. And, and the playmakers from Alabama show why they're first-round draft picks next year. And, Freddie, for me, the frustration is less about the lack of production in the final three quarters. And it's more about the lack of attempts at production because Drew, you could hear the agony in Jordan Rogers voice every time Kentucky just called slants because you saw it coming from a mile away. You saw who Terry Wilson was going to throw it to from a mile away. Eventually Alabama is going to see it from a mile away. And it ultimately ended up being the pick six that uh, sealed Kentucky's fate. But, the lack of creativity after having such a game, great game plan was, 
I just, I, I don't, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And it was, it was very frustrating. It, it made me angrier than I wanted to be Saturday night. Now we hear uh, Graham criticisms, Graham credit criticisms every week. That's just part of being a fan. You know, we get crazies on Twitter. Everyone's losing their mind. It's always a discussion, even when he, it's fine. But to hear an unbiased, the, the analyst calling the game be so critical of him, because it wasn't just once. It was throughout the game he was kind of questioning everything UK was doing. It made all of us who's the, the armchair quarterbacks that scream at the TV is just another reason to be upset. Someone else on our side. And I, I, I couldn't believe it either. I mean – uh, even A.J. Rose after the game brought it up. I mean, everyone has – I'm no expert, but I, I feel like on this one I'm on the right side. Well, you're on the KSR Football Podcast, so you're an expert. We're all yeah, experts. I surround myself with experts. <laughs> uh, but the and the A.J. Rose comment, too, I feel like – I mean, that's not, it's not the best look, right? Uh, I mean, it's never a good, never a good look when your player is calling out your offensive coordinator, and especially when it's your senior running back that's been your go-to guy over the past couple of years, and one that the fan base is very, I'll say, comfortable with. Um, you know, to me, if it's some third-string backup that's never seen the field, well, we need to call better plays. All right, whatever. Well, there's a reason you're not playing. When it's your running back that started and been very productive. Definitely not the best look. And I thought A.J. Rose played his best game of his career uh, in context. I mean, he didn't go for 100, but I mean, he averaged 6.8 yards a carry, 10 rushes for 68 yards. He was physical, uh, got behind his pads, didn't go out of bounds. I, I thought A.J. Rose played a heck of a football game. And I think to maybe pump the brakes, or, I don't know. I've seen so many of these press conferences that whenever – a coach asked what went wrong. The first thing they always say, it's like a throwaway line that I don't even include in posts anymore because they just say it so often. Well, you know, we could have called something differently. It's almost like a box they checked before getting to the, the root of their answer. And when AJ was asked that, I, I feel like he probably didn't have a good response. So he just went back to the well that the coaches use. Maybe, maybe that was the motivation for the answer. Uh, because it seemed like he didn't have really much anything else to say other than, well, we just didn't execute. Like we didn't do what we were supposed to do. So I don't know. I'd, I I would hate if he were ticked off at Grant because Grant's really gone to bat for him. You know, I mean, when people have called out AJ Rose, Grant is stuck beside him through thick and thin. So I tend to not think that he's like calling out his coach for sucking. Uh, but Drew, you can't it's still in the headline, you know what I mean? And like, it's, you, you have to say it or you have to share that with the, the fan base when they say stuff like that. Yeah. And really if you put yourself in AJ Rose's shoes, you just lost 63 to three and you're supposed to give the answer. You know, these guys aren't completely honest. They're trained. If he were being honest, he I'm sure he'd say, we got our ass kicked. I want to go home. I don't want to be sitting here, but he's just trying to give the best answer they can give, and it comes out that way. I don't think he walked in there thinking this is my moment to throw Grant under the bus. He was just frustrated with uh, everything that went on, like everyone else in that locker room. I didn't think there was any malice towards what he said. I, to me, if you look at it in context, I think he was just saying it was an all-systems failure uh, from everybody involved with the offense in the red zone, which it was. Uh, you know, had had two trips down there, had the holding call. Uh, came away with three points and then you know the onslaught from Alabama followed after that uh you know and it was it, it, you know, 
you know, you, you got to look at the big picture too. This team is has to be just emotionally drained from everything from uh, from uh, Chris Oates uh, to losing John Sarman during the Vanderbilt week, carrying over, having the memorial services on Monday and Tuesday. You know, this this team just has to be drained, and uh, it, it's been it's been tough on everybody. Uh, 2020, but Kentucky, man, has just faced so much adversity and so many gut punches. It, it just, again, you know, I know I was emotionally drained after the game, and I'm sitting eight hours away in the living room with my feet kicked up, you know. So um, it, it, all this has to take – had to have taken a toll on the team. And uh, I think the true test to be how you bounce back for it. I mean, you, you can't run. Kentucky's not Florida State. Um, <laughs> so – you got to play the next game. Oh, Freddie, it, I, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because as mad as I wanted to be after the game, the other part of me, it was like you had the devil and the angel on your shoulders talking at you. And you're like, on yeah. the one hand, they sucked and they lost by 60. How in the hell do you lose to a team by 60 when you were you were a play away from taking the lead 20 minutes into the game? You know, just it, that does not compute in my brain. But then on the other shoulder, I'm like, how – I'm exhausted from all this COVID crap. They've gone through more. They've gone through more loss. They've been doing this for much longer and yeah. limited to almost nothing. Like, I I feel like I'm drained psychologically. They've got to be just beat. And I think yeah. the, the way that Stoop said it today, he was just, he kept saying, like, I'm not going to make excuses. But yeah. this has been a blank show. He wanted to say shit show. Sorry. I'll cover your ears a bit. He wanted to say that, but instead he called it a blank show. But it has been. They, they lost them. I mean, you didn't have Chris Rodriguez or Jamin Davis. <laughs> and, yeah. and then they found out that these guys can't go on Friday. It's an absolute I, – I really feel for these kids, and I was just wanting them to get off the field there. So, Freddie, I've decided – I've declared I'm giving them a pass on this game. We're just yeah. – I'm giving them a blanket pass. I'm not going to be mad about it. That could be a healthy way to look at it, Nick. And that's the way I'm trying to look at it as well, because again, I, I just think that it was just a culmination of uh, of extreme highs and extreme lows of the season uh, was was personified in the game. Extreme highs, you play a really good first quarter, you actually dominate the first quarter, you give Alabama more trouble than anybody had, and then come away with the holding call and don't score a touchdown, settle for three points. And then the field goal snap that went for negative 39 yards. And then another bad field goal snap. And then here comes Bama. You know, you start flexing the muscle of all of those first rounders. And it, it, is, it is what it is. And, and the frustrating part for me is that was a very, very good Alabama defense. That's not a great Alabama defense. And, and it's just not me saying that. I mean, the people in Tuscaloosa think the sky's falling with that defense, even though they just won 63 to three. Uh, they understand that, you know, they're, they're going to have to eventually play Florida. And we'll, we'll transition into that a little bit later. But that offense from Alabama is historically good. And uh, again, there's no hiding in the SEC. Uh, you know, nobody feels sorry for you. And you get rewarded by playing one of the best offenses in the country by playing the number one pass offense in the country in Florida and Kyle Trask next Saturday. Uh, I don't even want to think about that just yet because that could be, whew, that could be not fun, uh, not fun at all. But Drew, I know we're supposed to be have like hot takes and stuff, 
but I don't, I feel like that's, it's boring, but just saying, Hey, uh, you know, these guys kind of just buried a coach. Uh, they had a short week and then they lost some players and it's maybe, maybe give them just a break against Alabama. I mean, is that, is it fair? It's definitely fair. It won't happen from everyone. Uh, that's not how being a fan always works. But, you know, it, talked about it. Just you don't want to keep giving them breaks. But, I mean, the, a lot of people are upset. They only beat Vandy by three when they just immediately after losing a coach. So, I mean, every week it seems to be something. I mean, not having, aside from off-the-field stuff, not having two of your absolute best players. I mean, your, your leading tackler and your leading rusher get taken from you, not the Monday before, the day before. I mean, it, it seems like it's something every week. So, yeah, I, I still wish it wasn't a 60-point loss, mm-hmm. but I, I can definitely understand how they didn't play their best game. If you want a piece of positive news, because I feel this, you know, I'm, I'm positive Pete here. I'm trying, trying to make it. Freddie, I did this with you that morning. I'm trying yeah. to – Guys, right now, check one of two boss man fat intercepting Heisman candidates. we got one. we got another one coming up. So <laughs> we can dwell on the bad, bad stuff, but I personally, looking ahead at Alabama and Florida, <laughs> had a checklist, and right now we're one for one. Man. Yeah. He's pretty good at picking off passes. Second in the country. First oh, somebody the got a fifth. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, I mean, he's he struggled there coming out of the, out of the gate, but he is he I and mean, he's he's having he's backing up what what he talked about before the season started. Actually, I just remembered last week. Didn't we make up a segment? Will Bossman Fat get an interception? We all said yes, or was that b- the game before? That was Vandy. Ah, crap. Well, it worked against Alabama. He's still doing his every <laughs> other game average, so he's right yeah. on track. He's, he is right on track. We just we got our timing off on our midnight rooster segments. Mm-hmm. Which there you go. I want to put a little smile on our faces as we were heading back down the the sad podcast. You know what puts a smile on my face too is the wonderful products from Midnight Rooster. Mm-hmm. See this I, beard? I just put some oil on it this morning. A little uh, Kentucky Jesus USDA certified organic Kentucky proud beard oil. I don't have a tat- tattoo. Any of you guys tatted? They got tattoo stuff put on all kinds of great crazy cbd products and it's a great time to to check out the cbd products it's, it's the holiday season yeah so, yeah just a few stocking stuffers for some loved ones who you know it's it's been a crappy time midnight rooster will cheer them up just like we hope we can cheer you up from a difficult uh kentucky football loss with hey some other positive things uh, there was a true freshman cornerback guarding Devonte smith and Devontae Smith didn't make him look dumb. So, the you know, he's just got the record for most touchdowns by an SEC wide receiver. Uh, pretty good. And Carrington Valentine held his own. So Was not afraid of him. Check that. There's another positive thing. Charles, what other positive things did you see uh, against Alabama? Isaiah Epps with the catch. Um Contested Josh catch. Ali with a with a contested catch. Ali with what a thirty three yard catch. Oh man, that was great. That, really, I just like rewatching that first quarter. Like Freddie was saying, it, you hate to have that hope, <laughs> and I don't like calling it hope either. But God, it's just you see the score and you think, is that the same team I just watched in the first quarter? Um, again, boss man fat proving he's belongs. And then we give up pick six. It, 
everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And like I said earlier, when you play a good team, you got to capitalize. We get in the red zone three times in the first couple minutes of the game, and we leave with three points. Not going to cut it against Bama. Not going to cut it against Florida. Not going to cut it against anyone that we will play this year. Ooh, another positive. Some might see it as a negative. I'm going to spin it as a positive. Kentucky's long snapper, Cade DeGraw, has the strongest snap in the history of long snaps. Uh, I don't know that that was a positive. But well, yes. he's, he's done it. He's had two negative, uh, Freddie, it was negative 38 yards. Yeah. So the yeah, other one to Max was like negative 48. So he's, everybody. he's snapped almost him. 100 yards. <laughs> I know everybody said we missed Lynn Bowden this year, but – you know, I think Blake Best is a, is is a missing player from a year ago, and, and you know, uh, Goodfellow was the holder replacing Max. But I don't, there's nothing he could have done. I mean, that thing went over his head in a hurry. And and I think I, we're looking at positives. Matt Ruffalo out athleted two five star cornerbacks to recover the fumble snap. He sprinted, <laughs> outran two. Alabama defensive starting defensive backs. Do you not think that they're not going to get crushed for that in the film room today, Charles? Those two guys from Bama. Uh, and it's kind of a dual-ended sword there, dual-edged sword. Sorry, because they're going to get crushed by the coaches, and then everybody in the locker room is going to have a heyday with that one. You got the spicy <laughs> Italian meatball out running you and securing that fumble when you're trying to have a scoop and score. Um, I think they'll definitely. Definitely be some some good jokes on that. Yeah, I, I was for real impressed by that. I was too. How I mean, many times do you see one of the best athletes on the field run down on a ball on the ground and kick it out, or you know he can't hang on to it? I mean, Ruffalo ball hawk jumping right on it and hold it in and still in possession. Oh, if man. I'm not mistaken, the twenty he outran twenty eight and number two, who are both starting defensive backs and recovered the fumble, who knew that Matt Ruffalo would be the best athlete on the field for Kentucky when they played Alabama? <laughs> and the thing uh, is, too, is he's I haven't looked this up. It could be, he's like could be way off, but what's longer? Dude. What's longer, UK's longest pass completion or snap? Snap. This season. We'll have to, look, we'll have to crunch numbers there. Ball in the air, pass completion or snap? Ooh, ball in the air, definitely. Yeah, wait. Yeah, ball in the air or official reception or receiving yard? Well, I'm not counting yards after catch. Oh, I'm counting the ball oh bouncing, but not yards after catch. Hmm. UK has one reception over 40 yards, but there was definitely some yards after catch after that one. I think that was a, a screen at Auburn. I'm not sure. I'm just saying we might have something with the offense. Let's can we snap it to him to then snap downfield to a receiver? No, I'd like to know to him. Go, go ahead, Charles. Go no, ahead. You got it. I was gonna say we need to just get Josh Forrest back and have him throw the ball. Then we'll definitely beat <laughs> the longest snap with ball in the air. I would like to see the the step ratio between Ruffalo and Patrick Satan. <laughs> It looked like he – I mean, his, his – Ruffalo was not exactly striding out there, but but he got there quickly. So, again, 
very proud of him for that. That, that took a lot of effort and guts. I mean, I, I'm, I'm being completely serious. That was a heck of a play by him. Could have gone very bad. And, Freddie, I heard you yeah. and Tom Leach talking this morning. That is BS. That counts off the total yards. They got to change the yeah. rule on that. Yeah, due to that, Kentucky averages 1.8 yards per carry uh, in, in the rush total. So that that destroyed the Cats uh, statistically as well. I, I agree. That that needs to come off. That, that's stupid. You you brought up number 28, Freddie, for Alabama. And I'm not saying that – like there, there's nothing worse than being the guy for the game who says, oh, the refs had it out for us. How is that not a targeting call on 28 when he – dislodged the helmet of Demarcus Harris by hitting him with his helmet and knocking yeah. Harris out of the game of the concussion. Of all of the things that have been reviewed against Kentucky, how is that not the easiest review for a targeting in the history of the penalty of targeting? I don't know. Then then you had the uh, the face mask, miss face mask call on the kick return as well. I'm shocked, Drew. He completely that Zach- made the tackle with the face mask. I mean, that's what <laughs> yeah. stopped him. He his chin down, spun like, around. Zach Johnson, too, is a I'm gonna like talk trash to your entire sideline kind of guy. I was shocked he didn't get up like trying to fight that guy. Yeah. Both of those easy calls. I I couldn't believe it. I mean, I could because I'm a Kentucky football fan, but both of those, there's no, there's no debate on that one. None. <sighs> None at all. None at all, unfortunately. And also uh, Phil Hal Hoskins got flagged for roughing the quarterback after he got held on his way to roughing the quarterback. I mean, it, I guess home cooking's just available at all times when you're at Alabama, but whatever. I, I'm not. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Not bitter at all. Here's something I just thought of though. Are we gonna have home cooking in college basketball if they don't have fans there to like peer pressure them? You know, I know. I know you can't talk about refs, Drew. They're I can. They all do a good job. They all they all really try hard. They're all good people. I appreciate them. But I mean, they're not good with peer pressure. They're worse than me with peer pressure. And I am, whoo, I can be talked into anything. So I, uh, man, college basketball, if it's played, uh, whoo, that could be rough. Yeah, I was gonna say, worry about officiating. Let's just get the the guys on the court first. Which I think that's uh, Freddie we. We've talked about it for the opposite effect in previous years about how it's bad that you can have basketball overshadow football. I think it, it'll be a welcome distraction for fans to have uh, something else to focus their attention on this week instead of the Kentucky football team because I think they need a little bit of room to exhale after the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and then, again, 2020 – uh, I, I'm 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 happy that folks can find happiness anywhere in this year, and if, if basketball is that distraction, not only from you, you know, from the game against Alabama, just for the day-to-day life struggle of of every of everything, then I'm all for it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I hope I hope that uh, Kentucky gets those games in. They play this week. At, yeah, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and then the football game on Saturday. So, oh, good. And you got Thanksgiving Day. You got Thanksgiving football, and I'm now crossing my fingers that we get Steelers Ravens on Thanksgiving night because Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins tested positive for COVID right oh, after man. their game against the Titans. So, not happy about that. Yeah, 
Yeah, and biggest game of the year for the Titans is coming up. And did the Ravens just sneeze all over us after we finally got over it from earlier in the season? Well, and also, can can we not have a good Thanksgiving Day football game? Because they took away the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. The Cowboys Reds, no, sorry, Cowboys Washington football team. I mean, that's going to be just horrendous. Uh, who are the Lions playing? That's going to be just a joke. Those games are not going to be good. So at least we had Raven Steelers to look forward to. And ever since I hopped on the Steelers bandwagon, undefeated, zero losses. I'm the good luck charm for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Was ready to go 11 and 0 against Lamar. Was going to be just throwing L's out at Lamar all Thanksgiving night long after enjoying maybe a little too much turkey day wine. It was going to be great. And if the Ravens ruin this because of COVID, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, you, you mean you're not excited for what do we have? Uh, Alex Smith versus Andy Dalton in the big QB showdown in the other game? That, that doesn't get Man. your blood boiling on uh, Thanksgiving? <sighs> At least I believe Drew had something, to, right? I believe Drew had something to do with the logo stuff before the uh, for the Titans games. The logo? Oh, the, the stomping on it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Oh, yeah, we yeah. went we went very unsportsmanlike. Even me, who in, enjoys mixing it up a little bit, was like, mm, probably shouldn't do that. The entire team walked out to the Ravens logo and just started dragging their cleats on it before the game. It was a little, a little much, even from a Titans guy. Harbaugh, yeah. of all the people that come out to fight, Harbaugh came out to fight Malcolm Butler. So we had a coach on veteran cornerback. Uh, yeah, if there's a coach in the NFL that I won't know part of and fisticuffs, that would be uh, Vrabel. <laughs> oh man, no, he, that dude's oh, I would no part of that dude. Yeah, we all saw after the game too. Vrabel and uh, Vrabel went to shake Harbaugh's hand and he was like, Nope, somebody said COVID protocol. Sorry, said I don't think it was that. That <laughs> joke's on them, oh, they're man. the ones with it. The joke will be on us tonight if Sean McVay does the unspeakable. I'm, 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 I've honestly spent my whole day trying to kind of be zen and relax because if Austin McGinnis does not get this start tonight, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Who do they play? Bucks. They play Rams in Bucks. Tampa Bay. Nick, can I tell you something <laughs> that worries me? Yes. I started to, to post about this, but I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I looked on, like, the DraftKings and the fantasy stuff where you pick your kicker, and they have the other guy, not McGinnis. That was earlier, and I, I know he just signed. Maybe he was already in their system. I'm, I'm trying to make excuses here. But as of earlier today, Austin McGinnis was not an option on your fantasy apps. Well, what mm -hmm. I saw was that and this was, I think, just another column writer saying he thinks McGinnis is going to start because McGinnis has that relationship with the holder and the punter because he's been there before. And so maybe, you know, since they kind of know each other, that they're more comfortable, ergo McGinnis wins over. Is it, is it guys? I forget the last the guy's last name. The other, the other dude. Yeah, I think that's right. I also heard that they were – pumped that McGinnis had some height on his kickoffs because their other kickers were kicking line drives and it was it was leading a big return so there's a lot of signs that it points to McGinnis but they hadn't activated him yet 
and they had to activate the other guy, I think, because of the rules or something. So I don't know. And for the many people out there listening to this after Monday Night Football, um, and just like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, you're either happy for us, you're calling us idiots, or you're angry at us. We can't help it. It's just we've been waiting forever to see our guy get his shot. Tonight needs to be the night because my goodness, how great would it be to sit? Because this is a huge game. Playoff implications. Uh, if they win this, they'll be tied atop the NFC West, which is the most difficult division in football. And uh, the Bucks are right in the wild card race. So this is a huge game. And McGinnis were to come in and kick some, knock down some big field goals. Oh, whoo! Come on, come on! It's it's no secret we've been waiting so long for him to just get an opportunity. And I thought if it ever came in L.A., wherever, you know, it'd be tucked in some Sunday 1 o'clock. We'd catch a highlight or two, watch the box score. But it's Monday night football against Tom Brady. And it looks like this might finally be it. I mean, are, how do you look at it? Is that more pressure for him? Because, you know, as much as we talk about him and tweet about him and everybody's saying it, everybody's stupid for not signing him, now all eyeballs are going to be on that first kick, assuming he does kick tonight. What if Mike Edwards blocks a – field goal. I don't want to think about that. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it to him. He'd get there and just narrowly miss it with his arm off to the side. Yeah, throw the hands up and don't cross him so it goes right through him. But I think more pressure might actually help McGinnis. It's where he's at his best. Pressure pack situations. So, you know what? It wouldn't be the first time that McGinnis, if if he were to kick a game winner, it wouldn't be the first time he knocked out a gridiron great, you know, second Lamar Jackson take that i feel like the most 2020 thing possible will be they announce he's starting and then the rams will just never be in a situation to kick a field goal he might get like an extra point we'll all be hype waiting and then he'll never even get so much as a look (laughs) bucks win 13 nothing nothing yeah just awful uh wannie johnson speaking of other guys wannie johnson had a big play that basically ended the game and knock i mean the Patriots kind of got knocked out of playoff contention by the Texans yesterday, and Lonnie got after Cam on the final play. He originally missed him and then got back up and made the tackle. It was one of the two guys that made the tackle on Cam Newton in the game. So shout out to Lonnie for, yeah, for the get, move, getting home. The move, the move to safety for Lonnie was was good for him. I think that will extend his career. He's, bit, he's built like one. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's got a lot of – a lot of size to him. I think um, also from that same you mentioned, Lonnie and Edwards, I think Chris Westry might finally get a look in Dallas. He's still on that practice squad, but they're really banged up. I mean, they're running out of players, the, the defensive backs. And I've seen kind of those Cowboys blogs and some some Twitter mentions of people saying Westry might finally get a look. Good. One thing, uh, one person we might have to count out for the rest of the year, though, is uh, our good friend Josh Allen. Ah, yeah. Did anything come back on that? Yeah, I saw where it's. It, they don't think it's as bad as they thought it was. So he could miss some time, but he he could be back this year. Yeah, it was a nothing structurally damaged, but like if you're the Jags and you're tanking for Trevor, you know, yeah, maybe maybe sit out your your future of the the franchise on defense. For the rest of the because we're in what week 11 12 something like no that. idea oh, yeah so well, you, i mean if, if you miss you know another if you miss a month i mean that's basically the season so 
Yeah. They, yeah, you're right. They might shut him down. Oh, there was one other. Oh, uh, the NFC standings are very funny, too. If you all just want to take a look, just to get a good God. one. Take it, just pull it up and just chuckle. Well, the, the Eagles mean, tying that game like is a... going to have them, right? <laughs> it's going to be great when a tie is what gets them into the playoffs. There's going to be was... like a five-win playoff team. And it's going to be better to be a wildcard team to go on the road to play that crappy NFC East team, whoever it is, than to win your division and host at home. Yeah, there's something I, messed up there. Also, this year, um, or did I dream it? There's more teams in the playoffs this year, right? Right. Didn't they add that kind of during the pandemic, and it seems yeah. like weird timing. There's only one team that gets a buy yeah. now because they That's added an extra team to each side. I think I'm not good on my math, but yeah, there'll be a, a wild card weekend. There'll be three on each side. There's, so there's seven teams getting in now. Yeah. Um, which is wild that the Chiefs might not get the one by. So that's that's pretty big for keep on winning, Steelers. Got to bring us one home. Which that feels so weird still to say. But hey, it's great to be a Steelers fan. We got so many Wildcats on the team. Benny got a touchdown against the Jags yep. yesterday. So just rack them up, rack them up, Steelers. Yeah, I didn't follow that one closely. Is Avery Williamson playing well and playing often? I know last week he was kind of just getting. Getting there, so I know he didn't see a lot of action, but I don't know if they worked him in this week or not. He, I have, uh, yeah, I have no idea. The only games I get are Bengals for some reason. So unbelievable, it's all these and, that, and that's tough. Uh, what happened with Joe Burrow yesterday? That, that was uh, that was a bad injury. I hope he's okay. Hope he'll be all right. Well, yeah. he said they tore his ACL, MCL, and other knee damage. Ooh. So yeah, not uh not what you'd like. He's and already, see, already got him as maybe for next year. They're looking at a two-season two recovery. Oh. Uh, Avery did get in, but I'm not seeing if he recorded any tackles or not in that game. But I know he got in because he posted on IG. So. Did you see all Zach Taylor's comments about the Burrow situation? I did not. Uh, pretty much after your franchise quarterback, your Lord and Savior gets hurt because you have a very subpar line, he responded with, "This stuff happens. Next man up." <laughs> Goodness! Whoa! He's just asking to get fired. I mean, can they not get anybody in there to block anyone? I mean, I, I really don't know what's worse. I mean, obviously, if these – the not just individual players, but relative to their competition, who's worse? Louisville's offensive line for Lamar Jackson or Cincinnati's offensive line for Joe Burrow? I would say Burrow's. I mean, he's taking a pounding. I mean, he every time – like I said, I mean, I got cable. I mean, you know, so – <laughs> That's all I, think, I guess for Bengals. And, and and he's getting racked up seven, eight, nine, ten times a game. So I, I would think the Bengals. They said he's been hit more than seven or seventy-six times more than any other rookie QB this year. Wow. It it's really been every week. Some of my best friends are Bengals fans, and we're constantly, you know, group chatting on NFL Sunday. And and it's every week they'll celebrate Burrow survived. Like We've we've been talking about this for ten weeks now. It's not like wow, he got injured. It's we've all known it's coming. We couldn't believe it took this long. 
Breaking news, Nick Roush. Oh, breaking news. Ah! Brady saw deer. In the second round of the 2021 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Darian Kennard, tackle, Kentucky. Easy oh. pick. Easy pick. Already shooting your shot. I like where your head's at, Freddie. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, I uh, I did see – so uh, one of those big draft nicks, Dane Brugler, he, he – he knows every prospect like the back of his hand. He's really good at his job. Uh, he's got Kennard. He told Luckett that he's got Kennard as a day two pick. And yeah, and that's that's saying a lot for a guy who's probably going to play interior at the next level. So uh, yeah, I would I would have a feeling that we won't see too much more to Mr. Kennard uh, at Kentucky. Um, I didn't print it out, but it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Somebody guys. Calling the guy from CBI. Somebody called the guy from CBI. I'm He's muted. Oh, you, you weren't, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, the KSR football podcast, always working. Always working. Real jobs <laughs> or podcasting. Did um, did you all see... Sorry. No, you're fine. Don't you worry about it, uh, Charles. Uh, Freddie, is, is it, did you hear what happened to Scott Frost on Saturday? Other than losing, as usual? No. Well, after the game, Illinois' official Twitter account said, great game. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Great game, guys. Thanks for bringing football back. Yeah, I saw that. What What did he do? Did he respond to it? Oh, no, I just wanted to bring that up because – Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I things, mean, after Saturday, I know people were down and, and upset with Kentucky, but, you know, we could be – we're not Nebraska. We're not Penn State. Not so. Michigan. Yeah, could be, could be could be beating Rutgers and trip was it triple overtime? Yeah, it was. Uh, so how about yeah. not Tennessee? And not Tennessee, Man. exactly. There's Five a lot straight. of struggling. Yeah. Can I just say that it's impressive how good Jarrett Garantano is at throwing devastating pick sixes. He's really yeah. good. Yeah. He's really good at getting them to like the 10 yard line and then throwing a hundred yard pick six. They were getting ready to take the lead against Auburn and then Hundred yard pick six. It's like, well, of course he did. Is that four for That's him thing. now? Probably. Probably. Yeah, we have. You know, we get UK U, uh, UK QB concerns, and I know Terry just threw one a couple of days ago, so it's a bad timing. But uh, you know, it's just because he's mediocre or average or missed a throw here and there. Garantano continually every week will make a play that has Tennessee fans jumping off the roofs of their houses. He, he, he's so bad. <laughs> In the. I'm looking on this site, this this site, just trying to find if there's a defensive touchdown stat, and I can't, I can't, I don't know where I would find that, but I, I'd imagine that he's had, he, he's probably the leader in giving other teams points, and actually, I think he's thrown more touchdowns to the other team than his own team in the last three weeks or so. So does Jeremy Pruitt survive this, Drew? What are you hearing there? Oh. <laughs> I, I think they were ready to get rid of him before he lost the last three. So I don't know. I don't know what his contract is. I know doing things like uh, your staff turning down pay cuts and firing a guy in the middle of a game, uh, you're not helping yourself doing that either when you're not winning. So I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if he's out soon. Man. Whew. Not good. Not good down at Tennessee. So th that's a good way to put it. Things could always be worse. Uh, things might get the Tennessee, worse. Tennessee football is kind of like – 
they're like the Ryder Cup. Like every two years, we get a coach a coaching search at Tennessee. They just <laughs> just start another one up. These are fun to watch. Coming tradition. And somehow Greg Schiano, the guy that they ran off, what was that two or three years ago? Because he wasn't. Yeah. It was they made up some excuse, but they didn't want him because they thought he wasn't good. And Rutgers is actually competing. So it's like, what do you? Yeah, yeah. Tennessee fans, you, you you get what you deserve. You made your bed, now lie on it. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that at South Carolina, they have their stuff together in two weeks. Uh, I, Freddie, I'm kind of worried that the all of their opt-outs, they've had approximately 73 opt-outs. I, I mean, it, it really isn't exact. I can't keep up with I think they have seven opt-outs since Muschamp yeah. got fired. And then with COVID contact tracing, I'm worried about that game. And I hope yeah. it gets here because Kentucky needs needs to end the year on, a, on n- not with the the lingering taste of Alabama and Florida in their mouths. Yeah, if, if there's any team that could throw in the towel, it, it, South Carolina. You know, having a head coach fired midseason and and having a bunch of players opt out, and, and you know, if anybody can justify throwing in the towel, it would be South Carolina. But I will say this: if any player opts out. I'm 100% for them. I mean, if it's if it's not like a Boom Williams situation when he, you know, going pro early when and he, should, you know, that situation. But if a player truly has NFL uh, is going to get drafted and they're talking about, you know, generational money for those guys, then I, I I'm all for players opting out and getting ready for the for the for the draft, especially when your coach is fired and you've only got three games left in the season. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. or I, I forget his name, uh, JC Horn. He, he comes from Joe Horn did a good job in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but still it's yeah. going to be a day two draft pick. Why, why yeah. risk it? Mike Bobo didn't, didn't recruit any of those guys. I mean, really they have no ties to him. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I'm, but I'm, I'm totally for guys opting out if that's what they want to do I, I i'm all for it i really wish kyle trash and kyle pitts would opt out of this game saturday it would it would make me happy is pitts going to play have you heard yeah yeah he's coming back yeah oh great that's that's not good <laughs> I mean, how do he's you even... averaging over 17 yards a catch <laughs> like what you... and it's not like he has three catches i mean he's catching all kinds of passes what do you even do to try to guard him Right. Put boss man fat on him. But even yeah, then, but, I mean, he's like, what, 6'5"? But, you know, they got dudes all over the place. Yeah, Trayvon Grimes know. Trayvon Grimes is averaging 16 yards a catch. Pitt's 17. And then, you know, you focus on those guys, and then you got Kadarius Tony out of the slot having hit seven touchdowns and averaging 11 yards a catch. I mean, it's – they're just weapon after weapon at Florida. I mean, that, that is – they're insane as far as, as just yards. I mean, Trask has 31 touchdowns compared to three interceptions. Can you imagine having 31 passing to touchdowns after eight games? Did you have 31 in your career, Freddie? Heck no. I didn't <laughs> even have dreams, aspirations, or thoughts of 31 touchdowns in my career. Let alone actuality. So, what, what's Kentucky got? Six touchdown passes this year. Uh, yeah. Okay. Imagine. Let uh, me compare that just to thirty-one. You say that out loud. 
Yeah, I mean, finally, Kentucky has two players that have over 100 receiving yards. Uh, yeah, and, Keaton Upshaw. Keaton Upshaw well. Yeah, 10 catches, 100, 134 yards, a couple touchdowns. I think he's coming into his own. He had to because of Justin Rigg not being on the depth chart. And I thought Keaton played well at Alabama. Yeah. He did. He, uh, it's good. It's good to see him get some momentum. I think he's one of those yeah. guys who did some things, uh, kind of positive to, to, to get the ball rolling, but it's is even though you Kentucky's played Florida well in the last yeah. three, four years and the teams aren't very far off in theory. Whew, I, I think it could be pretty far off on Saturday because they can just put up points in a hurry where, yeah. like the Alabama game, you can be playing well, and then they just – those uh, explosive plays just are devastating. Well, I'll tell you what you... worries me about Florida, and, and I know Kyle Trask is, is definitely one, but the Gators lead the SEC in Havoc, Havoc stats. 46 tackles for loss, which is first in the, in the league, and 21 quarterback sacks, which is first in the league. So Kentucky is a on-schedule uh, offense, and, and if, if Florida gets those havoc numbers early in the downs, puts Kentucky in third and eight-plus on a consistent level basis with that, that explosive of an offense, that's what worries me. Is there anything, too, you mentioned how they played them close the last couple of years i mean kentucky's really played florida well is there is that in their mind i know florida's alabama level but do they look at alabama and florida differently since they've gone to florida some of these some of these guys beating florida i mean do you look at them differently than alabama even though they're both that elite elite top level I, I think you do i think it's it's completely different and this is so bad and self-consciously i think you do it when you see the Bama helmet versus a Florida helmet. And even though the players might be the same caliber, there's just something about, hey, we beat this team two years ago. We were close last year. And Stoops would do a good job in, you know, showing film. Yeah, Kyle Trask has 31 TDs and three interceptions, but look at some plays we did with them, did against him last year. And then say, all right, so why can't we do that again this year? Um, and, and again, you can't rely on that. Hey, we're just going to watch all last year's film. I think someone alluded to it, that question today, and asked him, do you show guys last film? And he said, I mean, if they're doing the same plays, yeah. Um, but I think it's definitely when a team lacks confidence, you show plays, hey, you can play with these guys. Here's an example. That's the same guy that suited up last year. Um, and I think that's probably what he's doing right now or will do after run through today that's good to hear because i wondered because alabama i mean the kentucky football team just knows them like we do they're the the team that's always in the playoff and they're always on our tvs but florida they've played them they've lined up with them so i wondered if there's a different way of looking at that what i worry about now more so the the difference is obviously that you're playing them in the second to last game of the year instead of the second game of the year and it kind of brings me back to the UK L games of old where you open the seasons against Louisville and that rivalry game had a lot of juice to it. There was a lot of trash talk. And even if it, you had a two and 10 team that was terrible on either side, that game was typically played pretty close. You gave it a lot, but 
the kind of emotional wear and tear that you get throughout of a season, once the wheels come off, they're off. I worry about that that emotional wear and tear on this Kentucky team and how many how they can get up for the game like they would if it was the second game of the year and there's still potential to have a great season if you beat Florida. Now, obviously, you know, anytime you beat Florida, it's a big deal, but you know, now you're just wanting to play spoiler instead of, oh, this could be the start of something great. So I, I just I worry that getting up for this game. And just getting up for any game in general is, is just going to be, I mean, that's one of Mark Stoops's. It's going to be one of his most difficult challenges as a head coach. I maintain, I mean, assuming they lose to Florida, I don't know what will happen at South Carolina. I maintain this is still a pretty impressive year given the schedule with the win over Tennessee. I know I'm grasping on to the one proud moment when it's been ugly the last couple of weeks. This 10 SEC games we learned watching these guys is brutal, brutal. And we've talked about this in weeks past, but we missed those Eastern Michigans. This year wouldn't be that bad if you had your three kind of, here you go, here's your wins mm-hmm. in the Louisville game. I think Stoop said today that there are nine teams in the conference that have three or less wins on the season, which is just insane. Is that, is that real? One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine teams, nine of the 14 teams in the SEC have three wins or less. See, we all knew, we talked about this going into this season. It's going to be hard to train your brain to temper expectations and not look at three wins as a failure. And again, I'm not defending them. They should have played better in a lot of these games. But heck, it, it's hard to get any wins this year. So <laughs> show up, Florida. You never know. Beat South Carolina. And let's stop acting like the, the sky is falling. It's been a crazy year. Yeah, it has been a crazy year. So you know what this this Thursday's Thanksgiving, and it's 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 been bad, but uh, I, I think there's plenty of things that we can be thankful for. Um, and some of it's I'm just thankful that we have had a football season because Lord knows in those dog days of June and July, we were just sweating it out, hoping that there would be some sports and just wanting to watch some. And the fact that we're going the last few weeks, thanks to Maxion, fed football to watch every single day of the week. People are like, Oh, what shows are you watching? Uh, football, the football shows, the football's on every <laughs> single night. And I'm just thankful that we have football to watch, that we have football this year, even though it hasn't been uh, as good. I remember, Drew, you got dragged pretty hard on the internet after the Auburn game when uh, you said, You know what? I'm just, it, it sucks to lose but it's good to feel pain from kentucky football again yeah. because we didn't know that we were going to have it so i'm thankful for something this year yeah look i'm thankful uh our boy spicy italian meatball missed the extra point against old miss just because i had something to be mad about of course i wanted it to go in but it's better than nothing and i'm afraid in a couple weeks basketball crowd we're going to be understanding how much we need to appreciate this football because i think we're about to head back to where we're watching well we'll still have a little football left but i think college basketball is going to go south and we'll realize how special just having any football was but that college basketball it's not going to work out not looking good bob yeah football still a little bit left that's a great gift by the way not great bob just <laughs> I've it's become so much my normal conversation. I'm really trying to stop. When I said it just now, I, I wanted to pull it back because I use it too much. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean to be down there, but 
I've been very appreciative of this entire season to add to your point about just being happy to be mad at Auburn. Freddie, have you ever have you ever made a Thanksgiving turkey or helped prepare no. a Thanksgiving meal? You're not a uh, like well, a, not a turkey. I've I've cooked other stuff, but not, not I don't know how to cook a turkey. Well, because I I could see you even though you're not like as we learned last week, you're not the stereotypical Eastern Kentucky guy who's going out hunting and stuff every weekend and dressing up a deer. I could see you having you know, an air fryer or, a sm- or not an air fryer, <laughs> just a, a fryer or a smoker and, and going all in on getting your turkey ready. We had hours yesterday, so. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what? I had a little ham, a little turkey. Oh, little, ham uh, and turkey. <clears throat> sweet potato casserole. Uh, my sister makes it the best dish in the entire world. Oh, uh, sweet potato casserole. Uh, butterscotch pie. So, yeah, Ooh. I'm still full from yesterday. <laughs> Drew, I know you're smoking your first bird. Are you are you nervous? What were your thoughts well, going into I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Well, I'm already off to a rocky start, Nick. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm hosting a little Thanksgiving, first time ever. I've always just had to show up with a severe hangover and shove carbs in my mouth, and I'm very good at that. I watch football too, but this year I'm cooking. And uh, last night, Abby was going through the fridge, and she's like, what is this? And apparently I bought the world's largest turkey. I, I just thought turkey was a turkey. <laughs> and the one I bought feeds like 22. And she's like, do you know how long this is going to take to cook? Like, I don't know. I just thought a turkey was a turkey. So now I've even made, I've added additional hours to my, my cooking Thursday. Well, it is. Costco. I just thought Costco would have turkey like Kroger has turkey. <laughs> they have, it says like feeds three to five small oh, countries. Man. So now I have that to deal with. I've always been scared of cooking stuff that could kill people. So chicken, turkey, it it freaks me out a little bit. So that's why I don't cook it. I like that Costco even has Costco-sized turkeys. Yeah, I'm (laughs) on the way out. They're about to close. I was there looking for bourbon, and I needed uh, like chicken nuggets or something. So I just grabbed a a turkey on the way out the door and get home, and she's like, this is the world's largest turkey. You found it. Now we get to cook it. What's the estimated time uh, cook time on that, Drew? I, I don't know. I'm afraid to look because apparently I have to double it. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, is when you smoke anything, it's just an excuse for you to like do something while you're drinking. So, mm-hmm. you know, See, could I be worse problems. Mess up. <laughs> oh, uh, the turkey. Uh, yeah, I know I have football on, football on outside, but me and my cooler beer have to keep watching the turkey all day long. So, yeah, I'm not completely upset. It's going to take a while. No. Mm-hmm. Man, Thanksgiving. Are you going um, to Ohio, I hear? I yes. guess you, you have a way to Ohio, unlike Lexington, where you have to cross a weird bridge that doesn't exist. Yeah, we have to drive through Indiana now, which, whew, it's tough. It is Indiana, after all. But uh, we, we are going, and the, I'm not saying, like, I'm happy about it, but under a normal year, the place we would go to would have uh, you know, like 60, 70 people there, and it's in like a church hall. And in this church hall, there's no cable television. There's no television, Ooh. period. And there's no internet to even hook up a television. So this year, that's canceled. And I guess we're just going to have to watch it from our parents' house. Oh, no. Shucks. Oh, you'll get to watch more episodes of your football show that you like so much. It's, it's I, you know, I got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> a lot of binge watching. Charles, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side? Oh, I, I would – well, mashed potatoes and gravy, but I'm a big turkey and gravy guy. Um, but 
I like them all mashed potatoes. I mean, I could eat a full plate and I douse it in gravy, throw some mm-hmm. turkey on there, then have the bite where it's turkey, mashed potato, and gravy. Ooh. See, I like putting green beans on top of my mashed potatoes and gravy. I call it green bean mountain. It's pretty, pretty tasty. Just I like separating those, but are you are you one who doesn't like that? Do you do you mix your foods together or does everything have to be uh, I don't I don't mix them together, but I mean if they're I'm not one where if they're touching I can't eat it like I, that doesn't bother me. Okay, but when you, when you get mashed potatoes and then you mix that like some people do mix it with corn. Oh yeah, I'll I'll mix everything in with it. Just yeah, see I'm not really I don't know. <laughs> mashed potatoes should be mixed with gravy and that's it. Well, and turkey. I'm a big fan of okay, all casseroles because you're right, Chuck. Good mashed potatoes, are like it, it's really hard to top. But I eat mashed potatoes at least once or twice a month throughout the year. But when am I going to have green bean casserole or sweet potato casserole or broccoli casserole? I just I love all the casseroles. Just See, give me all of the cheesy, carby goodness. The broccoli, I like broccoli with salt and pepper. People start throwing cheese on it. I'm like, what? This just became the most unhealthy meal in the world. And if I'm going to eat broccoli, I just would rather be healthy. Now this is terrible. Why do you do this? So you're one of those people. Well, Charles, the point of Thanksgiving literally is to have the most unhealthy meal in the world. I know. That is why we gather. Yeah. I ate 74 deviled eggs yesterday, I bet. (laughs) I love them. I love deviled eggs too, Freddie. Oh, I could, I could eat, eat a thousand of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so hungry. I'm guys. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Why'd you all have to say this? Now I'm just starved. It's four thirty. It means I'm gonna eat dinner at five thirty, and then that means I'm gonna have to have a snack at eight thirty. Yep. And then ah. hey, hey, Drew, text us a picture of your turkey, man. I'm. You got me interested now. I feel like I I'm involved some way. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll have to send it in multiple too. pictures, but I'll send it to yeah. you. It's going to be a panoramic <laughs> video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, fellas, this has been fun. Uh, I hope you all have enjoyed listening to us, even though it wasn't always great to talk about the loss to Alabama. But I hope you all have a, a, an enjoyable Thanksgiving before Kentucky takes on Florida this Saturday. Everybody stay safe out there this holiday season. Uh, and from our friends at Midnight Rooster, UK Federal Credit Union, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. So long. Beep Florida and peep the technique.